You are now listening to Ride With Me, the Flat Charity Podcast. Welcome to Ride With Me, episode 104. Today is December 15, 2023, and today's guest is my good friend, Brian. How are you? Dude, it's been uh, it's been a minute, dude. You lost a lot of weight there, buddy. Uh, I'm trying. You're trying? <laughs> What's the secret? Yeah. You know, uh, it's this little known uh, thing that nobody's talking about it, um, which I thought was really strange. Nobody in the health industry or nutrition industry is talking about it. It's called diet and exercise. <laughs> That's the first time I hear and, that. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I it's a novel idea. Yeah. So, well, I just went to I just went to the doctor on Wednesday myself and found out that I should have been taking a medication back in April cuz I have a uh, diverticulitis and uh uh-huh. lately has been hurting while I'm chewing and eating. And hmm. uh I told the doctor, "Wait a minute. What? I've been ta- I should have been taking this medication since April. What the hell? No one freaking told me. I was pissed, dude." But yeah. In order for me to get rid of this issue that I have, it is called considering uh, diet and exercising. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, you look good, man. You lost a, how much did you lose? Your face looks thinner. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I lost 60 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. My sister and I decided that it was time for a change. And uh, every, no one ever really said, oh, you, you need to lose some weight. But I knew I needed to lose a little weight. So. So I always carried it fairly well, but I, I was ready for a change. Yeah. No, I She's yeah. down. She's still going. My sister's down uh, almost 100 pounds. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she's doing great. That's good. We're motivating man. each other. There it's you easier go. when you have someone to do it with. No, yeah, of course. I, I, I actually told the wife starting January 1st, I want to cut carbs out of my life. It's hard. It's always January first. It's always January first. I'm so right now. I'm taking advantage of it. My boys threw me under the bus because they found a, a, a apple pie and a cherry pie in my trunk. Just the boxes. <laughs> they were telling my wife, "My dude, you guys are snitches, bro." <laughs> uh, kids so, they'll uh, always they'll always take advantage of the advantage. So I I did say no. I do have to. Well. Because there we go back to diverticulitis, right? I can't eat certain things, but some other things that I can eat that are healthier, I can't because they either have uh, high levels of uric acid. So then I'll mm-hmm. end up with gout or, or, or you know, the doctor told me this, spinach again. I've said it before. Spinach, I was drinking in a, in a smoothie spinach every day for like three, four months. Well, the doctor was like, you're this close to having a heart attack. Like, yeah. What? Because spinach has high levels of uric acid. Oh, interesting. So I didn't know that. But I was drink I was doing it. I was drinking it every day. I was blending it in my smoothie every day. No matter what type of smoothie I had, I always threw spinach, spinach every day. And then uh yeah, that was that was bad. So I ended up going to the hospital and uh so that's why I should have been taking that medication nice. since April. Oh yikes! So I was a little mad at that. I was a little mad. I'm like, "What the hell? I pay all this money for you guys to drop the ball." Not not a big fan of that one. But <laughs> right. no, I did. I did. Um, I did myself try to fast. I've been trying to fast for a while. Um, I lost like maybe ten pounds, but then I gained it after the holidays or back after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, and now it's like I'm home. So I'm I'm in off for the next two weeks, and uh, I'm not really taking. I'm not focused on my fasting like. I normally eat after nine o'clock. I'm at home, so it is a little harder to try to fast while you're home. Oh yeah, 
for sure. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I haven't spoken to you in a while. I think the last time you came on the podcast was back in um, either the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. Man, it's been that long? Yeah, I remember going on a rant, and you were there to support me on my rant. Uh, I support your rant. <laughs> it's, just, your, it's your podcast. You can rant about what you want to rant about. Exactly, right? But, yeah, I know it's been a minute, man. I haven't, seen, I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, we were talking about uh, – I was having some issues with my parents, not getting along with them, and we were talking about family relations. Yeah, yeah. How's that <clears> going? <throat> How's that going with the parents? It's, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Still not talking <laughs> to them. It's a bit of a stalemate. <laughs> it's a bit of a stalemate, you know. Um, so I, I finally had to resign, you know, myself to the realization that, you know, you you can either live with the disappointment in who and who your family is and how they act. You can either live with that disappointment or you can accept them for how they are and just, uh, and, and move along with, uh, realigned expectations. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, so now, um, you know, if, if you have, if you lower your, I haven't lowered my personal standards in how I expect to be treated, but, but I've lowered my expectations from them and therefore minimized my disappointments. So, and, uh, so my, my father who is, uh, uh, a very, <clears throat> I don't want to say weak, um, but I will say passive person. Um, he, he has succumbed to, which probably didn't help the relationship when I, when I asked him if he, if he had Stockholm syndrome. Uh, because my stepmother is very dominant and very uh, narcissistic, malignant narcissist. Um, and so I, um, I, I I asked my dad if he had Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> that probably didn't didn't help matters. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so she's uh, she's unrelenting, and, and so we we've just kind of agreed to not relate if that makes sense, you know, which sucks. My dad's 89, you know, and, um, haven't seen him since before COVID actually, cause they got real scared when COVID popped up and they kind of re you know, retreated into their house. So they've, they're, they're out and about now, of course, but, but I just haven't seen them. Uh, and then this huge argument popped up about three years ago, three and a half, three years ago, I guess now that my stepmother just will not until I agree with her. You cut uh, off. You cut off, buddy. She will not what now? She won't drop the argument. Oh, um, gotcha. Unless I agree with her. Gotcha. So it's either I agree with her and admit to doing something I didn't do, or I hold my ground and my values and not relate to them. Well, you know, so, after we had the conversation that last time you and I had the conversation, and obviously yeah. it's gotten downhill since with with uh, the relationship with my mother. Uh, my yeah. sister stops speaking to her as well. And uh, I think it was like in March of 2022 that I put them both on the phone and try to have them both talk it out. Because like I told my mm -hmm. sister, don't take my side. You used to have a relationship with your mother. You don't have to take my side and, and not talk to her because she won't apologize to me. It is what it is. And um, and I tried it. I put them on three way and uh, and it. It just was. It didn't go well. Yeah, your face said it, it off. I was good. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask, how did that work out for it, you? It did not go well. It did. I. They just weren't getting along. They just won't 
coming to conclusion. And then the one part that I did, because I put myself on mute, let them talk. But then at one point I had to step in and be like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hear Andy this, Andy that, Andy this. I put you guys on the phone so you guys can talk about your guys' problems. But I keep hearing my name come up. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to hang up now. I'm going to go have dinner with my family. And I'm going to go to bed tonight and sleep like a baby knowing that I try to fix your guys' problems. That I tried you guys to try to get you guys together to fix this problem. Obviously, it didn't go nowhere. We'll try this again in a few months. And I, I have not attempted again since. I did um, I did text my mother on her birthday. I said, happy birthday. She responded, blah, blah, blah. We left it at that. Left it at yeah. that. Um, no. I can now. I had a conversation with my brother who I didn't speak to for years. And he did tell me. And he made me understand you want your mom and guess what bro that's not our mom right that's our older that's our older sister who had a bunch of kids and sadly you raised so i um i know i there's no fixing that relationship there's there's no fixing that relationship yeah it's it's a sad realization you know when you you have so much history with a parent um and you're you know you always feel like at the very least your parents will um will choose you you know what i mean uh <clears throat> but then you get to a point where you know your parents are people too and it's very interesting because i'm as a parent myself you know i think about myself my childhood and my relationship and my not necessarily just my relationship with my father, but my um, perception of my father. Um, and then now that I am a father, I think about my son from a parental perspective, and I'm learning how to think of, you know, what is my son's perception of me? You know? Exactly. So, and so it's very interesting because now I've got the other side of that coin um, but as I've dated, um, you know, I'm divorced obviously, so you know that, but yeah. <clears throat> as I've met people and dated, I've always maintained that nobody, not a single, you know, is going to come between me and the relationship you, you with cut, my son. You so, cut off again, buddy. You said something, nothing is going. Oh, nothing is going to come between no person on the planet is going to come between me and my relationship with my son. So that's why I have a hard time with my f current situation with my dad because he has essentially chosen my stepmother over you know? over his son. Yeah, over over his son and his daughters. You know, he's got I've got two sisters. So, um, and I and I, but then one of the hardest things for people to do, I think, is to this is and this. Probably anyway, um, you cut, the hardest thing again, to do is you cut off again, buddy. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I'm right here. I'm not touching anything. Um, <laughs> one of the hardest things for people to do is um, is to remove themselves from their perspective and try to try to see a situation or or uh, something from someone else. And people don't do that. In So I have really – you can hear me okay, right? I It, it cut off here and there, but I mean, I believe we understood what you're trying, trying to say. Yeah. You can repeat it again if you want. People just don't 
Yeah. People don't take themselves out of their own perspectives and, and put themselves in other people's shoes. Right. In order to understand what, what someone else's experience is like. Um, and I feel like people are just me. What I think, what I need, what I feel, what I want. They go to bed at night thinking and they never stop. And welcome back to Ride With Me. <laughs> no, we had some, I think we had some Wi-Fi issues, so we had to fix that. And then, but we're back. Uh, Brian's still here. His ring camera was going off. He thinks that's what it was. <laughs> I think that's what it was. But, um, yeah. yeah, and I was saying that you were telling you earlier, you were going through this nice little message, this little speech, and then you kept on cutting you off. I'm like, ah, oh, oh. let's not go. No, no, no. He has a message to say. Let's not cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what I have to say is super important. Very important, man. Come on. You know the president's going to hear this podcast, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about perspectives and people's um, um, how they see oh. things and stuff. Yeah. So basically what I was trying to get at is that, you know, I've been forced through my experiences as a dad to try and see things from perspective. That's, that's not my, you know, take myself out of, take my, my lenses off and see the world through someone else's lenses, you know, uh, which nobody's willing to do anymore. And so we were talking about how I remember my childhood and, and my perception of my father growing up. And now that I am a father, um, I'm looking, I'm, walking the earth with that set of lenses on, you know, as a, as a dad. And then I've got to stop once in a while and think about, you know, how, how does my son view me, you know? Um, and so in trying to relate to my dad and some of the problems that I've had with and my stepmother, um, as much as it hurts to come to the realization that he's choosing her over us, his children, um, I've had to force myself to see, see the world from his point of view and, and try to understand instead of just be offended right? You know, or just be hurt. Cause what good does that do? Um, I feel like people wake up in the morning all over this country looking for reasons to be offended or hurt by external stimulation. And so, and then they, then, then, then justified with their outrage. But, um, a lot of the times I'm starting to come to the realization that, you know, our, our response to things in the world, our response to the world and what happens to us is our responsibility, you know? Um, so I, I believe, I believe the movie Bruce Almighty is a perfect example of, of that. Yeah. Be your that own, example, be actually. your own miracle, be your own miracle. So, um, so I'm thinking about my dad and, and as much as it hurts to currently not really have much of a relationship with him, you know, he's 89 years old, if you can believe that. And he's lived on um, a person who, who has never been comfortable with conflict ever. And now he's married to a woman who thrives on drama and she's being a malignant narcissist is um, an expert at gaslighting and an expert at manipulation and he i believe at 89 years old is just trying to keep the peace and he's the one who's got a he has had to he's make the, the he, he's the one that what now sorry you got cut off he has to live with her oh gotcha yeah yeah 
he has to live with her. So uh, I don't see an 89 year old man getting divorced. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, and start over and <laughs> have to start over again. <laughs> uh oh, he got cut off again. The, uh, you got cut off again, buddy. <laughs> oh no. You let me know when you press record. I already hit record and uh, we're oh, back. Cool. <laughs> hey, um, <clears throat> so, um, Anyway, yeah, I guess uh, my point was that I I have to see things from his perspective, and he he has to live with his wife um, as nasty as she is, and uh, and so he's had to make the choice to to keep the peace with her or to um, back his kids, and he made the choice. Yeah. You know? So. Um, it's really interesting. So I don't really have much of a relationship with them uh, at, at the moment. And my dad's 89. So I have kind of, you know, had to do some soul searching a little bit on whether or not, you know, uh, he's going to go to his grave with this situation. Yeah. Know? It's, gonna, it's um, sadly, but it sounds like you're going to end up just getting like a letter in the mail when it's too late. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing is that, my my sister and I talk about this quite a bit because we've said, you know, now that this relationship has kind of eroded a little bit, do we think that my stepmother will even let us know if something bad happens to him, you know? But there's been a few little medical things that have happened in the last few months that she has let us know, and the it was became very clear, and I kind of had a hunch that she's definitely going to let us know if something bad happens because she will never pass up an opportunity to make us feel guilty. Right. She would never, never pass up an opportunity to make us feel and, bad about and, it. And I think that's in the position that I'm in right now because did I have to text her happy birthday? No. But I want to I wanna be able to show my siblings that don't talk to me that I made an attempt. That maybe I'm not the bad guy that they all think I am. Right. And um, by me even telling her, I mean, look, my boys are getting older. You guys are missing out all these band competitions that they're doing and they are freaking thriving they're good kids they're smart kids and sadly half the family is missing out on this you know because they're not a part of it and yeah. um i think at the end of the day it's like i text her happy birthday so i can sleep at night so at the end of the day i have a conscience i already accepted it like my brother told me she's not your mom dude she's not our mom she's your sister and she had all these kids that Sally you raised. And and uh, and I think I tried a lot because I I wanted to have my brothers in my life and if as long as I'm at, if, as long as I'm fighting with her, I don't have my brothers in my life. But when he told right. me when he told me you guys are technically two parents fighting for the kids, which are we are the kids. And the moment he said like we don't want to disappoint you as well, it's like, "Oh shit. Okay, that meant that meant a lot to me, man, cuz I'm over here trying to make sure that I'm not losing the my brothers or some of my brothers. And by him saying that, it's like pretty much he gave me the, the idea that uh, he's not going anywhere. He got, I got him back and he ain't going anywhere. So it's like, okay. Now I feel comfortable texting her happy birthday and then texting her happy birthday a year later. I don't feel that I have to check up on her every six months. Now I got, yeah. I, I got what I, I, I heard what I needed to hear. Not what I wanted to hear what I needed to hear. Right. 
because even my wife's like that day I wasn't I was anything she wanted I did I was chores whatever she wanted me to do I was on top of it she was like fuck right. it seems like you needed to hear this and I did and I right. did so it is is what it is let's not talk about our toxic parents anymore how about your son how is your son doing uh last time I heard he was getting ready to graduate <clears throat> high school or a yeah, he's a freshman in college. Um, wow. Yeah, and you know it's interesting you bring it up because you have boys, mm -hmm. and they're they're in teenagers, right? So fourteen and sixteen, man. Yeah. So let me let me let me educate you a little bit on what's to come. <laughs> wait, okay? wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me there's more to the little fucking tantrums? They're fucking snapping at us. The freaking looking oh, yeah. at us like we're, we're they're gonna kill us. There's more to that. Yeah. There is. Oh fuck. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just tell you. Um, and it's it, man to man. It's an interesting conversation from from father to father because I have learned more. My son is nineteen and a half now, and I have learned more in the last year and a half about uh, parenting than I did in the eighteen years prior, and it's very interesting. Um, the, the factor that he's an adult changes the dynamic forever. It's very interesting. So, so, so has uh, you can't tell me what to do shit started already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been very interesting. Um, my son and I have always had a great relationship um, and we're very close. Um, I, I just have had to undo 18 years of mindset of of my concept of being a parent i've had to undo 18 years unlearn 18 years of habits because for 18 years when he from the minute he was born until he turned 18 um my job was to protect to nurture and to guide right right um and and th those are the perspectives that's how i viewed this parenting gig um and all of the different phases of him growing up from baby to toddler to little boy to get that perfect stage from like six to ten you know where they just adore you and they're funny and they say the most friggin' funniest things um and it's it's fun you can ex expose them to all kinds of cool stuff and then you know and then they hit you know, 10, 11, 12. Oh, uh, where... Well, yeah, where I fucked up. I showed my son wrestling at around that age. And I'm, <laughs> I'll, we're trying to have dinner last night and he's freaking trying to claim more of me. And my wife's like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, he kicked me in the face, Brian. He kicked me in the face, like full on, nice. you know. And my wife's like, you can't be doing that to your dad. You're going to hurt him. What the hell's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, but enjoy those moments because, yeah, because they don't last forever. Exactly. You, know? um, you hear that, Officer Ricky? They don't last forever, bro. They don't last forever. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, then, you know, when they get into their teenage years, as you've figured it out, you know, all of a sudden, and it's almost almost feels overnight, they shut down on you. Yeah. And And it's like they don't talk. They hide in their room. Yep. And – they, their their motor mouths go down to a vocabulary of about six or seven words, right? How's your day? Good? There's this shirt. There's. I'm sorry to cut you off. There's this shirt that I just saw, and I showed it to my wife yesterday. 
the kid the, the stages of of your kids right the first is mom or mama first they're gonna say mama then they're gonna say mommy then they're gonna say yeah. mom and then it's bruh <laughs> bruh bruh we're at, we so are at true. the bruh stage right now <laughs> oh squarely at the bruh stage yeah so yeah it's it, it's a huge change when they're teenagers so um yeah and you know they they stop talking and they they give you one word answers how you know good yeah uh-huh okay bruh and fine or and whatever yeah. you know those are basically that's that's the extent of their vocabulary yep so then you know whether or not they come and go through that teenage phase is one thing but once they hit 18 and the realization hits them that oh i'm an adult now you can't tell me what to do oh so it did happen oh yeah <laughs> oh, oh shit. yeah and here's where it gets hard because your role as a dad has to has to adapt right. you have to change with it because if you even if you see him getting ready to pull the pin on a grenade you have to sit back and say this one's going to hurt yeah <laughs> let's see how it plays out yeah. right because if you intervene without being asked meaning unsolicited advice you're going to push him away and if you push him away it takes it it, it can be, take one conversation to push him away and it can take a, a year's worth of letting him figure it out to have them come back the amount of distance that they've gone, gone away from you by pushing away you know? right so there's a very fine line parenting air quotes parenting an adult child who obviously, I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's a boy and he's, you know, just like I was and just like you were. And he's in that stage where he's dumb <laughs> and he's, you know, bumps into walls and he's forgetful and he's inconsiderate. Um, none of those things are intentional. So it doesn't hurt my feelings because I know he doesn't intend to do it. He's just lost his brain for a few years. You know, <laughs> we all did it. Right. But I'm in this place now f f parenting where I have to let him have his life experiences and learn from them. Because if I try and say, dude, don't do that, or I really think you need to give this some more thought before you pull the trigger on that, I'm preventing him from having those life experiences where he's going to learn. Because you can only learn so much from me now. He's not, a, he's not in a mindset where, what can I learn from dad? You know? Right. He's not receptive. Um, at this he's in that at, I know it all phase. At so. this point, he needs to learn shit for himself. Oh yeah, and that is hard to give them that independence when you know the world is not fair, the world is mean, the world is selfish. I started learning at thirty, buddy. At thirty, okay. <laughs> so you got about ten years to go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I know it's. Uh, so I've been watching him uh, fumble through some stuff, some relationship drama with girls and jobs, and so it's been very interesting. Very interesting. You had the uh, and not did you you did you already have the a girl will break your heart speech with him? Oh yeah, but you know at this age, it's in one ear and out the other. Yeah, um, he he doesn't he hears me, but he's not listening. You know, yeah. um, because when you're in that mindset and some, some people never grow out of this, 
But when you're in that mindset where I know, I know, I know anything I say to him, Hey, have you, I know, I know. So everything is, I know. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll be here to support you and pat you on the back and give you a hug when it all blows up in your face. But (laughs) that's okay. You'll figure it out. You'll figure, you know, you'll figure it out. So, um, thankfully, um, my son is as kind-hearted and genuine and and sweet um, as as a as a person can be. So I know that when he does things, or you know, when he goofs up, or when he's inconsiderate, or whatever, he's just mindless in a way. It's not intentional. It's just his age, and he's focused on other things, you know. So um, I have no doubts as to the kind of man he will grow into because he's got such such a good soul. But I also worry because. Man, like we were saying, the world, man. It's an ugly one. It's an ugly one, right? And this is this is what this conversation that I had with my son just uh, on Friday. So he, I, I said something, and he didn't say anything. He just kept it to himself. But then he made the rest of the day miserable because he was pissed off and, 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 and mad. And we went to church that Sunday, that Friday, and he was just having like a fuck you on your forehead where he got to the point where – the moment I say, give me your phone, it's just going to make it worse, right? Right. So when I found out what the problem was, I had to I, – one, I got mad. I got pissed. Two, why did I get mad? Because I told him, I am not teaching you to brush things under the rug. Brushing things under the rug as an adult, as a friend, as an employee, as a student is not going to get you anywhere. And I am not teaching you to be like that. So if I did something that uh, uh, made you mad, upset you that day, then you it's how you that you think because uh, you won't be able to talk to me. Here's the thing. I get I'm not the easiest guy to talk to, but it's how you approach things. If right. you were to say if if you were to really think about it and say, "Dad, I would really would con- I would really appreciate it if you did it this way or did that or whatever it is that we're talk we're talking about, right?" Because you damn well know I'll do anything for my kids. And I will take into consideration what my kids say. If I had this homeless guy down the street telling me that I need to learn how to drive, I'm not going to take him serious. If my kid tells me, hey, dad, you took that turn a little too hard, then I'm going to be like, oh, shit, okay, my bad. You know? So I take into consideration what my kids say. So it's how you approach it, kid. If you think that I'm not going to take it well, it's how you approach it. But I am not teaching you to brush things under the rug. Right. So yep. he needs to, like you said, our both our boys are sweet kids, man. Sweet kids. So I had to tell him recently, like well, a little bit ago, like, hey, you can't be carrying that girl's backpack. She's nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're too nice, kid. <laughs> yeah, and that's a thing. That's a thing. Being too nice is a thing. Oh, uh, yeah, so. yeah. But let me see here. I honestly, well, first, uh, before I get into this other topic, he never did his podcast, did he? <laughs> no, my, my son tends to dive into things feet first. Uh, and when I say feet first, it's because he doesn't use his head first. <laughs> so he, um, he, 
bought you know he thought oh it'd be cool to do a podcast and then of course what did he do he went and bought all these microphones and all these cords and all this this and that and and you know because he's got his own money he has a job and i said why don't you sit down with your friends and figure out what you want your podcast to be about what you know what the format will be what's what's going to be the look of it the feel of it you know what what do you think you know who's going to participate with you all oh, my friends well he's also in that stage where his friends that he has now from high school are going to be the only friends he ever has in his entire life <laughs> so um and of course they did one podcast which wasn't even a podcast it was a, a test recording where they sat down and he and his friends just started bullshitting and they ended up like talking a bunch of smack about kids they didn't like at school and i was like oh no <laughs> So you need to, number one, we had a big conversation about that. I was like, you know, they weren't bullying by any means. They were just like, oh, yeah, I hate that kid. You know, <laughs> just in life, there's people you dislike, right? And I was like, they had, they had no direction. They had no uh, discipline with it. You know, so it was just a bunch. It was a couple of teenagers sitting around with microphones in front of their face, just talking like in a conversation. And it just didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> and then, of course, all of his friends were like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get to it. Yeah, I'll be... And then they all fell fell apart and nobody ever comes over. And it's just, you know. Well, I, I, I don't know how the hell I've managed to have over 100 episodes already. So. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I do give awesome. it a break during wind, uh, summer because it does get bad in here. Again, I've said yeah. it over and over again. Mosquitoes yeah. get bad. But I found a little uh, secret to killing, scaring mosquitoes. It's called right. incense. So I light those suck suckers up maybe half an hour before I come in the garage and then they're nowhere. Look at shortly shirt. They're not touching me. Nice. I haven't scratched once. <laughs> so I'm good, man. But other than that, um, what else? Let's see here. So we talked about you. We talked about personal parent, your parents stuff, your son stuff. Um, I have a topic that uh, usually I do with Officer Ricky, but he's not here. He decided to call in instead of freaking be here. So, um, <clears throat> so here, check this out. Check this one out. See, give me, give me your input on the, or give your input on this, on this story right here. This person says, I recently made it, the, it official, um, official with my girlfriend, uh, that I've been messing around for six months. So first of all, I think he's starting off wrong right there by saying that I've been messing around for six months. Um, his dilemma is that she is super jealous. She's, um, she's beautiful and smart, but her jealousy is all bad. I've never given her a reason not to trust me, so I don't get where the jealousy comes from. This past weekend, I ran into an old friend from high school, and after we got into car, she started. After we got in the car, she started accusing me of liking her and asking me if I ever hooked up with her. It's all crazy. She's um, she's changed. Uh, well, will she change with time, or will the jealousy ruin our relationship? I can give him my. Uh, two points right there my 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 point of view For, in my case it got worse it got worse it got worse her jealousy just got worse where she mm -hmm. ended up accusing me multiple times of cheating over and over and over and over again where i started thinking to myself holy shit did i cheat on her holy shit <laughs> she drove me so crazy with the whole jealousy bullshit i lost friends i lost I, female friends that i had didn't speak to me they, I, I, in fact, I didn't speak to one of my friends for 17 years. 
she finally i finally found her on social media and the first thing i said hey relax i'm not with baby's mama anymore (laughs) so um there's that one but when it came to the whole jealousy bullshit she also freaking opened my eyes so that i wouldn't hook up with someone with insecurity issues and uh, the girl that i ended up hooking up with after my after my baby's mama i left her within 11 months bro because i caught her going through my phone so Mm. based on what i went through in in my previous relationship with the mother of my kids i wasn't gonna allow that to happen again so what do you think will she get better no um you know you you can't fix the problem until you acknowledge that there is a problem right so Jealousy issues are internal trust issues, right? Um, insecurity issues. So, if you anytime you project your issues, your insecurities onto another person, you've set them up for failure, right? Now, this guy, if I understand this scenario correctly, he just came clean to her that he's been cheating on her. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He uh, um, okay. finally made it official after six months of being together, of messing around, actually, he said. So they, they were... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, messing okay. around. I thought he was messing around after six months of messing around on her. Okay. Around with her with for six <clears throat> months. I've been been messing around. So he's saying that it's a girl he's been messing around with for six months. Oh, I see. Okay, so he, they've been dating for six months, and they've just made it official, so now they're kind of... <laughs> taking the relationship to another, the next yeah. level. And he wants to know if her jealousy issues are going to improve. Now I'm a big fan of, of trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of, of instilling trust, right? Trust is essential to a relationship, right? Um, but how do you build trust? Um, trust and, and I have uh, a lot to say about the trust concept, but um, I'm a big fan of the f- these basic things. If you're going to build trust with someone, you have to be consistent in your behavior. You have to be transparent, right? Yeah. And that's how you're going to earn trust: transparency, consistency, and honesty. Right? That's how you're going to build someone's trust. The problem in this scenario is it sounds to me like this person has been at least attempting to um, build a relationship with this person by indicating that they're taking a relationship to the next level. Um, And this person just uh, is jealous of other people, right? The jealousy. Well, jealousy is not his problem. It's hers. Um, That's not to say he can't help her. But when someone experiences the uh, that that type of jealousy, um, it in my opinion, the insecurities are internal. So you can't fix an internal problem with external resources or external solutions, right? You have to do the work, right? Right. What work is there to be done? Well, you got to recognize. You got to <laughs> dig, right? You got to dig for what's causing you to feel that way. Most of the time, an insecurity comes from 
the deep seated fear that you're not going to be able, you're not going to be okay if you're hurt. It's a defense mechanism, right? If you whittle away jealousy or, or anger or sadness or whatever emotion bubbles up for you at any given time, if you chip away at those things, you're going to come down to one of two basic core emotions, fear or love, right? Fear right. or love. You love somebody. That's part of your core belief in that person. You're going to behave in certain ways and you'll react in certain ways. Sadness if they disappoint you. You know, those things are all because you love them. But those kind of negative feelings, if you really chip away at it, she's afraid. She's afraid of being hurt. She's afraid that if she is hurt, she's not going to uh, be okay. She's afraid that she's going to be abandoned. So she's got to deal with her fear issues. You know, he can support her in that he can't fix that for her that's her responsibility what do you think well i mean in my case the reason why she always accused me of cheating was because it was her doing mm -hmm. the doing the cheating so that my, I, my situation was exactly the same way so i feel like she was using in order to take blame on herself to make herself maybe clean her mind or her conscience well it's because he's cheating i'm cheating on him because He's cheating on me. So right. I always knew when she was talking to a new dude because that's when the accusation started. <laughs> so I already knew. I'm like, you know, that's when I started catching on. I told you, you know what? You're not very good at lying. You know that? She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, every time you start accusing me of cheating because we'll fix the prop. We'll, 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 okay, I'll give her another chance and we're good for a year. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the, you're cheating bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, here we go again. I didn't catch it till like the third time. We're like, no, I'm catching the patterns now. I'm yeah. definitely. And a lot of times they'll they'll convince themselves that you are the unfaithful one, so that way they can justify. Exactly. 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 You know? So it's uh, either I don't want to say that the homegirl is cheating because I don't want to put uh, you know say that everyone in that situation is the same as mine, but right. you know because not everyone's the same, but. That's the only explanation I have is that, she, you know, because he did say they were messing around for six months. So they weren't <clears> even the title of boyfriend and girlfriend wasn't even there yet. Right. So they were just messing six. around. So what is the definition of messing yeah. around? Were they having sex yeah. or just making out? Just hooking up? Or... Exactly. So what is the definition of mess, messing around? So now that was it like maybe like an, a definition of an open relationship also. And now now that they're serious and she, Maybe she had other guys that she was messing around with also, and then maybe she's still talking to them, and mm. that's what she's into. I, I, she's all jealous and shit. I mean, again, mm. that's just based on my personal experiences, what I've witnessed, yeah. what I survived, what I survived. <laughs> exactly what it is, right? So, well, the other question becomes, you know, what what conversations are they having about this issue? You know, if I were in a relationship where where the the girl I'm with is super jealous about things um i'm going to sit down with her and say okay so so we're having this this problem here um whether it's a trust issue or a jealousy issue um what what can i do as a part part of this what can i do to to help you with your perception of this problem Right. And, and, you know, what can I do on a consistent basis to reassure you 
right? What that does is it puts the responsibility on her to figure that out. What is What do I need, right? Once someone verbalizes what they need and you give it to them, they're out of excuses. Right. On blaming you for the problem, right? So if you put that on someone and say, hey, I'm, I'm here to – I'm here for the long haul, uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do you wrong. I'm here to earn your trust, right? And and I'm here to support you. What do you need from me? Exactly. We all need something from the person we're with, right? Yeah. So, what can what can I deposit into your account so that you have <laughs> a, a po- so that you have a positive balance? That's a right? good one. That's a good Instead one. Of just withdrawing all the time. Like, what can I deposit into your account so we have a positive balance here, right? So, so then she's going to have to come up with an answer to that. It's on her, you know, this is what I need. Then it's on him to provide that. And if he provides that consistently and it doesn't go away, she's got work to do. That, uh, to hit the, I don't know how you, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're, you're not still holding on to anger. I've I've talked to you. I've known you for a while already, but yeah. um, So did you see signs from your, your, your baby mama? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The, the it started with I know you're you're having affairs with flight attendants. That's how it started, um, which I never did because <clears throat> I no, it's just it's not in my DNA to do that. Um, every woman I ever met while I was married, I compared to my wife and said, "All right, no comparison." Even if it was a beautiful woman, yeah, she ain't my wife. You know what I mean? Like it was always a comparison. So, right. um, the 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 hints really started coming in. And hold on one second. No, that's fine. That I saw your son come in a couple of times. Don't fall! <laughs> no, don't fall, dude. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, I'm good. Um, the uh, the the very stereotypical and almost eye rollingly predictable hints started coming in with, "Oh, I'm going to be late for work." Oh, I got a gym membership, oh. you know. Um, oh, I'm going out. I'm going out for drinks with some friends after work. You know, I'll be home late. You know, those those typical uh, starting to buy new clothes, starting to you know, very working out, caring about what they look. You know, all those very very cliche telltale signs. Um, interestingly, the one event that happened. Uh, that was the light switch for me. That was like, oh yeah, I know what's going on now. Was, you know, as you know, I'm an airline pilot, so I go away on trips for three, four days at a time. And I had been going away on trips for three or four days at a time our entire relationship. Um, and then, so one morning she was at work, uh, and she was she she worked 24 hour shifts, so she's she's a paramedic. So she um she was on a shift. And I was on the the van or the bus from the parking lot to the, to the airport going to start a trip. And it was about five in the morning and she called me at five in the morning and I said, Hey, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just getting off my shift. Said, oh, okay. She goes, are you still going to work? Yeah. I'm like, I go to work every day this week, you know, like, <laughs> like hello McFly. She, in, in, the, in the nine years we had been married she never once called me when i was at the airport and said you're still going to work aren't you La- yes i am leaving town yeah you 
you're the coast is clear. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that was my that was my first like okay, now now I I I, I know exactly what's going on here, you know. So but yeah, you're right. They'll always accuse you of the thing that they're doing. Right. And and mm. has that has has you still being an airline pilot stopped you from maybe getting into another relationship? Because you're still single, right? I am. Um I <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um so one of the things that's really interesting is that Like history repeat itself um, type shit, is what I'm saying. Like that someone might get do the same thing because you're gone for three days out of the you know, I've I'm over that, right? Um, I've forgiven her wholeheartedly um, because forgiveness has nothing to do with her. Forgiveness has everything to do with my ability to move forward and 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 be secure and trust right. again, right? right? So, so I have for, I forgave her a long time ago um, because I I won't allow um, what she did to control you know my happiness for the rest of my life. So. Um, I'm responsible for my happiness, right? So, so I let that go a long time ago. The there's a logistical problem being an airline pilot, and the misconception really is, oh, you're an airline pilot, you must bang flight attendants on your overnights, and you must have a, a woman in every, a lady in every city, or you know, you must you must get up, up all the time. <laughs> you know, every everywhere you go, there's probably a woman that you call up. No, it's nothing like that. Now, does it happen? Sure. Uh, I know stories. I could tell you stories. Uh, not my stories, but I could tell you stories. Um, l by and large, airline pilots are not uh, promiscuous philandering fucks all the time. You know. <laughs> uh, so, um, and I don't date people in the industry because we. It, I'm gone enough as it is. You know, I don't need to try to coordinate. Um, especially when you work with somebody that's just not bright, you know, if it doesn't go well, you know, that, that could get muddy very quickly. The other aspect of that, which makes that question very interesting as a pilot, you know, we, I sit up front with another pilot and we fly across the country and down other countries and whatever. And we spend hours and hours locked in a cubicle together at 35,000 feet talking. And over the years, having flown, tens of thousands of hours at work, um, you get to know people. And I cannot tell you how many people I talk to that I fly with that are going through horrendous divorces. Um, their wives have cheated on them. They have left them. They have taken them for everything they're worth. They've turned their kids against them. They're living in a one-bedroom efficiency apartment, paying their exes seven eight nine thousand dollars a month while they're off partying and um and, and dating and fucking and doing whatever it is that they want to do with his money and he's at home his kids won't talk to him and he's got to go to work and and pick up extra trips and pick up extra flying just to pay for her and she's the one who cheated and left the relationship you know so when you're when you get a lot of that it kind of sours you a little bit uh makes you a little cynical to the dating concept, <laughs> you know? Um, so I did go down kind of a cynical path with that for a while um, where I was like, well, I don't need that bullshit in my life. <laughs> my life is so easy. Um, you know, I, I go where I want, I do what I want, I buy what I want. Uh, I've got a great relationship with my kid, uh, you know? So I kind of took the easy road for a long time. 
but very recently, maybe within the last year or two, have really started to realize that not all women are like that. Um, just like not all men are, you know, misogynistic pricks, you know, um, there are nice men out there and there are nice women out there. Um, and why shouldn't I at least attempt to find one? So, right. <laughs> oh, and I've met them. I've met v- many very, very nice women. Right. You know, whether there's a connection or a spark or, you know, logistically if things are possible or not possible, you know, you just got to keep trying, but there's a lot of probably a lot of really good women out there. So, well, I was blessed with one of them. So, mm. I yeah, was blessed she puts up with you. Uh, she, yeah, she does, bro. <laughs> she does. Right? Like, yeah. what do I do now? Like, no, she, she did tell, she tells me all the time. It's like, cause she's always, you know, wants to give me a hug, wants to give me a kiss, wants to like sit next to me, wants to cuddle. And I'm like, yeah. back off woman, back off. Oh, don't do that. Give me Take some every, every... space. And she's, uh, she's depositing into your account, man. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? There you go. Deposit into your account. Um, yeah. And don't then just, she, don't just be a withdrawer. And that's what she says too. She's like, aren't do you, you should be happy that you have someone that, that wants your attention or, or gives you attention and everything. I'm like, yeah, she's, she's right. And she's right though. And uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hug right now. But then that's it for the day. I tell her. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to, you want to hug now, make make it worth it because that's it. It's barely <laughs> eight in the morning, and you're not gonna get another one for like another twenty four hours. So make it happen. You're, you're a you're you're a, you're you're not a a very physically affectionate guy. Is that what you're telling me? Um, didn't grow up like that, man. And I and I married into yeah. a family of huggers, bro. <laughs> Well, you know what? I, you know that's a very interesting thing. Let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, so, so do you do you shy away? Do you just not like like phys- I'm not saying I'm not talking about sex. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about just physical closeness. Well, it's not it's not just with my wife. I mean, my son. We'll we'll go to anybody, right? we'll go to the store and he'll try to hold my hand. He's 14 years old. You know, and he's trying to hold my hand. I'm like, and I'm like, nah, back off, dude. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. And yeah. <laughs> I said, Dad, none of these people are your friends. And right. uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I just different. I don't like, you know. I don't know, man. We grew up differently. It, it, yeah, if you grew up that way, um, I would encourage you. And this is not a judgment by any means, because you're you're your own guy. But what I see there is. Every, you know, they have these love languages, and I know it sounds... My wife, smart. yeah, my wife says that their love language is right. touch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So everybody has kind of... And all that is, if, if you're a guy and, and you hear the term love language, you're immediately going to uh, turn down the volume and, and you, it, you're going to check out because that is some, you know relationship guru self-help book bullshit that people (laughs) don't men generally don't connect to right men generally don't engage on that kind of level because it's oh god we got to talk all sappy now (laughs) let's just break down what is a love language right let's think about this from 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 a guy to a guy all all a love language is it is a key to the lock that's all it is. It's the combination to the lock. That's it. And if you understand, if you know the combination to someone's lock, you can always get in the door. Right. Right? That's all it is. It's just knowing what the combination to someone's lock is. 
That's it. So, so when when guys hear this, oh, what's your love language? And then guys immediately roll their eyes and they're like, oh, we got oh, this is just. No, all they're asking, all that that means is, hey, how can I connect with you? That's it. So when a when a guy when your son holds wants to hold your hand, he's trying to connect. Not this. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying to. He's trying to bond with you, right? He's trying to to forge a connection. And whether you, regardless of how you grew up, and whether you view yourself as independent, fiercely independent, or a bro, or too tough for this, whatever you, whatever your perspective is, if you peel away all the layers to your onion, we're all human beings, and all of us need a connection to another human being. All of us, none of us are an island, right? Right. So, connecting connections, genuine connection with another person, we all need it. We all crave it. We know not all of us will admit it, but we all do need it. So, if someone's trying to give you a hug or your kid's trying to hold your hand, that is a moment, a moment of time. It is a snippet of time where you can connect to that person. It's a, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world, all the bullshit, all the lies, all the politics, all the whatever, all of that bullshit. If your kid wants to hold your hand or your wife wants a hug, that is a moment where none of that can matter. And you can just have that connection, just boom, connection. Even if it's for a minute, it's a connection. And that's something pretty special, in my opinion. So I would not shy away. <laughs> I've been told. From that. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> yeah, dude, my son uh, even my my son even threw me under the bus with uh, uh, a very famous uh, talk uh, radio show. The guy Valentine in the morning. We went to mm-hmm. uh, we went to Nosbury Farm last year, and uh, and he talks about his son growing up, and the same thing that we just talked about about the bra and the you know all this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and my son went up to him and said, "Hey, Mr. Valentine, can you believe that I try to hold my son's my dad's hand and he pushes me away?" And Mr. Valentine had a speech with me like, "Dude, no, the same thing you told me. No, yeah. don't do that." It's- so every time I try not to hold his hand or I push his hand away, so like, I'm gonna tell Valentine what you did. All right, I'm gonna tell. Him. <laughs> Damn, kid. that's right. That's right. You know, I recently heard a statistic that scared the shit out of me, and the statistic is. <clears throat> As a parent, you spend 18 years raising a child. Once that child leaves the nest and goes out into the world, you will spend a cumulative amount of a year with that child in the rest of your life. So when that kid leaves home and goes out and establishes themselves in the world, you have essentially one year of time to spend with them total for the rest of your life because yeah. they're out living theirs, you know? And so I, it's a cats in the cradle situation. You ever hear that song? I think so. Cats in the, yeah, oh yeah. Cats in the cradle and silver spoon. Anyway, you got to listen to that song. Um, it, it's, it's so true. It's all about, I'm raising a kid. I'm too busy. He wants to play catch. I'm too busy. Um, love you, but I, I've got work. I'm, you know, the kid. I'm, you know, I'm not feeling well. I, I will play later. We'll play later. We'll hang out later, right? Well, then the kid grows up. Kid grows up, and leaves. And now the father's like, "Wait, I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time with you." Sorry, Dad, I'm busy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, it's very, it's very important to 
take those opportunities while you can, because I guarantee you 30 years from now, you will look back and say, fuck, I should have, I should have held his hand. Yeah. I should have held his hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because every time you gra- he grabs for your hand and you say, no, 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 that's not my thing, you know, you're chipping away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and it may be minuscule, but you're chipping away a little bit. So um, he'll remember the times that you hold his hand. But he will – it's just like you can criticize somebody once and they'll remember it for a year. But they – Right. Right. But if you are nice to them every single day, right, none of those nice things matter as much as that one criticism. <laughs> right. So every time you, you know, shoo his hand away, he's going to remember it. But yeah, I, he'll remember it. I'd rather him kick me in the face and hold my hand. <laughs> well, okay. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's a connection too. If he wants to wrestle with you and you guys are getting on the ground and you're wrestling around, that's a connection too, man. Enjoy it. That's awesome. Well, I told the wife my, that my I'm, problem I'm, is uh huh. My what's that? No, go ahead. No, my problem is my son now weighs more than me, and he he goes to the gym. He's got in, incredible discipline. After he gets off of work about nine thirty every night, he goes to the gym for an hour and works out. Um, so my problem is now my son can wholeheartedly kick my ass. So, so now I'm in that position where I'm like, yeah, I can't take him anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I rather I rather him claim more of me, like you said, than freaking uh, hold my hand. <laughs> I gotta do more of that. I got, you're right. No, I have to do I have to do a better job. Yeah. but it's important. It's very very important. But and uh, it's uh, it's it's special. Yeah, yeah, but. Brian, man, it's been a little over an hour. We had a little bit of dif- uh, technical difficulties in the beginning, but it's been good now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's been a minute since I spoke to you. We should, we should not wait two years, man. You, no, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Enjoy it. Um, you look healthy, man. Good for you. Not that you didn't, but you look healthy, man. And <laughs> good for you. And uh, I got to do the same thing you're doing because I got I to gotta lose weight, man. But I know. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Every minute of it's worth it. Uh, again thank you for your time bud and like I end every podcast thank you for riding with me it's been fun thank you thank you for listening to Ride With Me the Flat Tire Indie Podcast you can also listen to us on iTunes Spotify and Podbean